Hey guys, it's Jen and Kelly. Welcome to Her Book of Job, the podcast. Welcome back to Her Book of Job. This is episode seven, God Took His Time. Today we're going to be talking about insecurities and body positivity, all that good stuff. So stick around. We've got a good one for you today. I need to see my own beauty and to continue to be reminded that I am enough, that I am worthy of love without effort, that I am beautiful that the texture of my hair and the shape of my curves, the size of my lips, the color of my skin, and the feelings I have are all worthy and okay. Tracy Ellis Ross. Hey, Jen, we're talking about a heavy topic today. It is. But then again, that's what we do, isn't it? That's the nature of the pod. We we get down to the, the hard stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah. So today we're talking about our own perceptions of self, especially as it relates to our bodies physically, not just like who we are as people. We're talking about what we look like. That's what we're talking about today. (laughs) And in dealing dealing with that, and that can be really hard. It can be. I would say I've had body issues since I was a preteen because I, you know, around that time, all my other friends, you know, we were all going through it together. But I was one of those girls who relatively just stayed the same. And I remember as I got older, a man once told me that I had the body of a prepubescent boy. And <laughs> that kind of just like stuck with me and I could not get it out of my mind. And to make matters worse, Someone else um, told me that they just didn't understand how, you know, guys could like skinny girls. And although, right, although I didn't think that that was, they necessarily meant to like hurt my feelings, it's maybe it was just something that was so honest of them. And maybe, you know, this is what I, at that time, I felt like maybe other people thought as well. It kind of threw me through a loop because When I would date, I would constantly ask my partner, like, why they liked me, if I was enough. And, you know, I began to just wonder, like, okay, are they really with me because they like me? Or I just felt something was missing when it came to my body. I just felt like it just wasn't enough. I really had to work hard to, like, push through that so that it wouldn't wouldn't bother me so much. Yeah, I I hear you on that. And um, I want to kind of address this issue and talk for all the skinny girls out there, because I think sometimes um, when people talk about body issues, there's a lot of focus and attention that people place on people being insecure because they're overweight. That's true. And I feel like sometimes people overlook the fact that those same insecurities can be there for people who are a regular weight or underweight, right? Right. And 
there's like another element that's added to that when you're talking about being like a black woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because culturally, you're supposed to be curvy and you're supposed to have like this perfect Coke bottle shape in order to be considered desirable. And that's just, that's just not every woman, you know? Exactly. So I can relate. I can definitely relate to what you're saying because I had similar, like, I can't remember exactly what, what people would say, but I had similar ex- experiences where it's like, oh, you don't have a butt, you know, you don't have this, you don't have that. And so that means you're less attractive, basically, is what guys were trying to tell me. Right. I definitely can relate. Yeah. To your point there about like, you know, in Caribbean culture or like black, black people in general, it's, it's not, it's almost like it's culturally unacceptable to be skinny. I remember um, one Sabbath morning, right? I went to church and on the Lord's holy day, y'all. And I went to the washroom, you know, just to touch up. And I was in front of the mirror by the sinks and this lady comes up beside me and she, as she's washing her hands, she's just like, you have the body of a white girl and starts laughing hysterically. That's just so terrible. Honestly. And at this time I was a teenager and there are like so many things wrong with this because first of all, I know what she was trying to convey, right? She was trying to say that I have like no curves on my sides, you know, front and back. Okay. But the crazy thing is... There are so many beautiful, curvy white women. So not only is her disc a fail, but it's just ridiculous altogether because... Wow, that's true. I never took I never took that in, right? Like, so she's wrong because of perpetuating stereotypes on both sides of that comment. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. But because I was so young, I didn't really have the like presence of mind to really process what had been told to me. So it kind of like messed me up in the sense to the point where I became obsessed with plastic surgery. I literally got a summer job. And for you all Albertans out there, I got a job at Callaway Park when I was 17 years old, right? I was young. And I got that job specifically for the purpose of getting a boob job. And You know, I didn't end up getting it because I didn't make enough money. But with the money that I did get from that job, I actually ended up spending like hundreds of dollars on bogus creams and pills that I bought off some like sketchy website back in the day. And the website promised me that I would go from an A cup to a double D. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) When it didn't work, you know, my self-esteem just continued to plummet. I just want to listen, PSA, right? My Caribbean people, you need to stop calling people MAGA (laughs) and then laughing because it's so hurtful and damaging. And for those of you who might be listening or um, for those of you who are listening and aren't Caribbean, like the term MAGA is used for when someone is like super skinny, but coupled with that, it's like you're malnourished and you need nutrition, you need meat on your bones type of thing. So when, you know, someone calls you that, it's definitely not a compliment. And growing up, I've definitely been called that so many different times. So it's just very damaging. I don't think it's something that we, a word that we should be using to describe one another. And yeah, I, I don't know, Kelly, what do you think about this thought, right? I was thinking about this. I feel like 
body types are like fads, like, you know, like fashion fads. And the reason I say this is because at one point, you know, super skinny, petite women wore in. And and then in another season, we had, you know, the season of the thick girls. And then now I feel like we're in this hybrid where you need to have like the skinny waistline, like your ribs have to be like (laughs) caved in um, with huge boobs and a huge butt. And then I'm just thinking by the time you get your BBL, hypothetically, what happens, right? What were to happen if little butts were in (laughs) again? (laughs) How do you keep up with that? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment. I do think that body types are for sure fads like fashion. I've seen different posts on social media where it talks about what was considered attractive throughout the ages. I don't know if you've ever seen those kinds of posts where they they show you the 1800s and then the 1920s and they go through different decades and different time periods. And based on what time period we're in, people find different things attractive. So I think what we've got to understand as women is that we can't allow ourselves to chase whatever the fad is because it doesn't matter what time you're born in, you have the body you have. Like, so don't try to change whatever your body is like to fit what people think is attractive in that time period. Right. Just a losing battle. The best, the best you could hope for is that your body type just happens to be in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. No, but seriously though, I think the point here is that we've got to stop allowing other people to define what beauty is. You, you, we really got to define it for ourselves if we're going to have any kind of hope of being content or happy in this life, in the body that we're in. But as long as you relegate that power outside of yourself and to someone else, then they'll always be in control of how you feel about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember a time where you you didn't let like stereotypes or you know external factors dictate to you how you were going to feel about the way you look like whether it was your face or the way your body was shaped or you know what i mean or the way guys men sorry perceive us as as women was there like a a point in your life where you're like you know what i love me i i'm okay with what i got i'm happy with the way i look I mean, that's a process. I feel like I, I'm not going to speak for all women everywhere. For me, it's a process. I think it's harder the younger you are. And then as you mature, hopefully, and, and as there are people around you who are feeding you the right messages, then you start to say, oh, wow, okay, you start to see fine beauty in yourself. And so for me, that has been a gradual process. I can't, I I don't know if I can pinpoint a specific time when that happened, but it's like little by little over time. It's like, you know what? This is what I look like. And if, you know, if this guy doesn't like it, then I guess I'm not the girl for you type of thing. Right. Yeah. So, but my thing is that even now in my thirties, I still have insecurities. I still have parts of myself that I I'm not completely in love with. So it's like, I'm not going to say like I've arrived, right? Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm not my preteen self where there were just a lot of insecurities. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think for me, I I literally, for example, like just something as simple as posting on Instagram, I've had a hard time doing that because I, you know, like, I, I don't know, I've had this like weird line down the middle of my face in between my eyebrows. And it, as I get older, it gets more prominent because that's where my eyebrows meet or where they crease, right? And or like, for example, the my laugh lines. And, you know, when I'm looking at all these other beautiful women on Instagram, and they don't have laugh line, laugh lines, and they don't have this line going down their face, I'm kind of like intimidated. And then I don't want to put it up. But then I have to remind myself, I'm like, okay, you're looking at heavily edited photos, and you're comparing what you look like in real life to an edited photo. That's true too. Like just post the picture <laughs> and move on. Like you are beautiful. Like these things are natural. My laugh lines, I, I remember I was talking to a friend about it once and she's like, you know, your laugh lines, it means you, you're happy. You laugh a lot. You know what I mean? You smile a lot. And it's just that flip of mentality that I think that has helped me a little bit when it comes to like, you know, just sharing, sharing myself online and just kind of ignoring that because honestly, it's just so difficult when you just see heavily edited photos and, you know, it's like kind of like an unrealistic standard of beauty, I think. Oh, for sure. The other thing too, is that we are way tougher on ourselves than anyone else could ever be. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you ever saw this video. It's a, it's on YouTube and it's by Dove. And they're trying to make the point that a lot of the times the way we perceive ourselves, we're so hard on ourselves compared to how other people see us. So mm. it's like an art experiment where this um, um, he's like a crime scene. Um, he, he does portraits based on descriptions for for law enforcement. He's one of those guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they recruit him. They have some women come in and they're in a room together and the first thing they're supposed to do is describe another woman that was in the room. They do that. But then they're also asked to describe themselves. And so these women do this. And at the end, there's these side-by-side comparisons of how someone else saw this person and how they saw themselves. And it was so crazy. When they were being described by another person, they were so much prettier than their own descriptions of self. Just now, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, what line is she talking about? <laughs> Seriously, I'm, 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 I'm telling you no lie. I'm like, what is she even talking about? I'm picturing your face and I <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. And this just goes to show us that sometimes when we're looking in the mirror, we zone in on whatever imperfections we think we see. Mm-hmm. But when other people look at us, they're just seeing this whole They're not looking at all these little things that we focus in on that we think is so prominent, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, girl, I don't know what line you're talking about. It's not as bad as you think, I'm telling you right now. You have a good point. When we look at ourselves, it's definitely magnified. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's definitely, we. you're right, we are definitely hard on ourselves. And through the video that you had seen and what you explained there that literally just happened right now with when I was talking about my face and then you're like, girl, what? So like this happens a lot of the time and, you know, to navigate, to navigate these, these issues about like how I've felt about myself over the years, 
the first thing I've had to do is to make sure that I'm affirming myself. Having a positive view of yourself and the way you look, it definitely, definitely starts in the mind. And if you're talking to yourself all crazy, it's not going to help how you feel about yourself at all. It could be something as simple as like you just wake up in the morning and you see yourself and you just say, you're, you're beautiful. You know what I mean? You, you are a beautiful person. The second thing that I've, I started doing was I started wearing clothing that I, and the key word here is I, find suits my body that I find flattering and, you know, the clothing that makes me feel beautiful because it doesn't really matter what other people are saying. It's how something makes me feel. That's and so important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I could say like, oh, um, Kelly, I don't like that skirt that you're wearing. But if that skirt makes you feel like a 10 girl, wear the skirt. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah wear the skirt. The third thing, and our listeners will be familiar with this, is comparison. And we talk about this on episode five on Thief of Joy. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to that. We talk about comparison in general as this Thief of Joy. But here, comparison, you need to cut it. You need to cut it because the reality is you and I, Kelly, we're two different people. We're we're built differently. Our our genetics are different. You know what I mean? So for me to compare myself to you would be a detriment of a detriment to me because I, I, I can't be like you. I can't be like anyone else but myself. And so I think it's important to focus on what you have going for you. You know, that find the things that you like about yourself and put emphasis on those things, highlight those things. And I, I, I think you will feel better from that. And I, I definitely have. The fourth thing I've had to do is surround myself with people who don't put me down. So if you're yes. out here calling me MAGA, chances are we're not friends right now. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't need that negativity. You feel me? Yeah, that's a super important point. Yeah, because I feel like the things that people say to you continuously, like even though you know, you could try your hardest not to let it affect you. Somehow it still does because it's it's there at the back of your your mind. And um, just to touch on on this, as we spoke previously in a romantic sense, if your relationship in your relationship, right, if your partner is um, talking about you negatively, talking, you know, putting you down to your face behind your back, whatever the case is, I firmly believe you 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 deserve better. Okay, you deserve better. You deserve a person who's going to affirm you, who's going to lift you up because life is too short. Like you don't need that negativity in your life. So both in like a social setting with your friends and with your family and both in your romantic relationships, I definitely think it's important to surround yourself with people who aren't going to put you down because that's what life is all about. You, you're no man's an island. So you're constantly around people, right? So yeah, it's important to surround yourself with good, good people. I just want to add here, sometimes it's, it's family too. And yeah, family often doesn't have uh, like filter. They have no filter. They say whatever they want. They comment on your body anytime they want. And I know that, you know, at the time that we're recording this, it's the holiday season and the holidays can be so triggering. Like it can be very difficult to be around family members and reunions because people always have something to say either about you or your life, your body, whatever it is. And I just wanted to encourage everybody out there, you know, it's good to stand up for yourself um, to family members. 
you know, if you have people in your family that are constantly saying things about your body or, or about other things that you're insecure about, maybe, you know, it's good to just in a respectful way or whatever, to just stand up to them and say, you know what, this is how it is. This is how I feel. I, I love me being this way, whatever that looks like for you to stand up to them. I think that's important too, because it's not just your friends or your romantic partner, but sometimes your family members can feed those insecurities. It really be um Yes. You know, whether it's your grandma who's old school, who doesn't understand she shouldn't be commenting on your body in front of everybody, like whoever it is. Um, I know that I might be like, you might be like, girl, you don't understand my family. I know you might be thinking that. But my point is, even if it doesn't change their behavior, it might just help you to just take a moment and actually stand up for yourself and say, hey, I love me. This is who it is. Or, you know, you, you, you're going to have to stop talking about X, Y and Z. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you, I think that might also help with just navigating this body image issue. If, you know, family triggers you, address it. You know, you might deal with it publicly. You might pull them aside and say, hey, you know, I appreciate it if you don't say this anymore. Whatever that looks like for you, I think this is something important to address with family members. (laughs) Thank you so much for that, because... I hadn't even really thought about that, but that is such an important point because um, your family are people that are around you constantly. And I think what you've said is is definitely very helpful. And I hope it encourages you guys to, like you said, stand up for yourself. That is important because I think not only will it let that person know that what they're saying is hurting you, but I feel like it adds to your self-esteem to stand up for yourself and to say right. like, you know, you can't treat me this way. You can't talk to me this way. I feel like that definitely is a step in the right direction for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So finally, my last tip, tip number five, that I've had to come to this conclusion after many years of struggles is do you, babe? Because you have one life to live. If it's something that you are really insecure about, maybe it's your weight, If you want to lose it, lose it. I remember I was having like this conversation with someone and I was mentioning how like Adele is like, you know, an artist that I enjoy. I like Adele. And then the person was like in disgust. They're like, ugh, I don't really like her that much because she lost weight. I don't get that at all. I really don't (laughs) understand. I don't understand how people can body shame someone for losing weight. That's what I'm saying. It just didn't make sense. I just had my squinty eyes had to come out. You know that emoji? Like, that's why this tip is so important. Like, do you regardless, if you want to lose that weight, if you want to gain that weight, gain it. Okay. If you want to wear that waist trainer, (laughs) you wear it. If you want to do some like healthy dieting, eating, then you do that. You know what I mean? Once you're safe. But Kelly, there's in this tip, right? Keeping in mind, I'm saying, do you? What about procedures? Because I know this has a very controversial debate around it. Some people say do it. Some people say don't. Does it necessarily mean that you hate yourself so much that you would get a procedure done? Or like, what are your thoughts about that? Because I feel like this falls under this tip. Like if you want to do a procedure, do you think you should do it? Yeah, I I definitely, as I've gotten older, I've realized that people need to stop telling other people what to do with their body. And I mean that in the broadest sense of the word, like of of that phrase. I think that it's fine to give people advice if they ask, 
right? So if my friend asked me what I think about her getting plastic surgery and and based on the context and uh, who I know my friend to be, I'll tell them what I think. But I don't I I really hate blanket statements out there where people are like, "Oh, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this or that's bad and you shouldn't do that or whatever it is." So that's kind of how I feel about this. Um, depending on who my friend is, I, I don't think anyone should do a procedure if they're not in a in a mentally healthy place. I'm not going to like blanketly state and say, plastic surgery is terrible. Don't do it. Or, oh, it's good. Do it. I would like think about who my friend is and where are they when they're making this decision. And if they're in a place where it's like a do you, like the point you're making, like, I want to do this because I want to be more confident, whatever, 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 then I would be a little bit more prone to supporting that friend versus a friend who is still really insecure and having the procedure may not fix that or change that because it's a mental thing for them. You know what I'm trying to say right now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I would really just to whoever it is, like it. it Number one, I'm not saying a thing unless you ask me because <laughs> it's your body. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to respect that. But if you do ask me, I'm going to just kind of come alongside you. And depending on where you are mentally, because to be honest, it's it's how you feel on the inside first. Um, Have you accepted and do you love you? You know what I mean? Whether it's it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's eating healthy or exercising or there are tons of things that you can do that are healthy things, but you could be doing them for all the wrong reasons. So mm-hmm. you could still be trying to be someone who's, you know, attempting to be physically healthy, but you're not mentally healthy. And so it doesn't matter all that stuff that you're doing. Right. You're still not OK with what you look like at the end of the day. So to me. That's how I'm looking at this plastic surgery issue. It's like, I don't really feel like it's bad or good one way or the other. I really think it depends on the person who is going to try to do it and where are they mentally as they try to make this decision. That That's kind of, I, I know it's not like a cut and dry answer. It is nuanced and that's really how I feel. To add to your point about where your friend is mentally, I think that is such an important point because if you're not in a good place mentally and you do a procedure like that, it's more likely that you're going to keep going back because it's never going to be good enough. And I feel like that's where the issue comes in when you become addicted to this ideal of this idea of perfection when, you know, truly in this world, perfection isn't attainable. And so that would be my concern with that. And, you know, there are a ton of other ways that you can, you know, build your self-esteem, feel good about that certain feature without having like an invasive procedure. So I would have to say I I, I definitely agree with that breakdown because I hadn't thought about that, about the person's mental state and the differences between the two being in a good space and a bad space. And, you know, overall, when I just think about the title of this episode, God Taking His Time, my mind goes straight to Genesis 2-7. And it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The thing that stands out to me here is that the Bible used the word formed. It didn't say he said, and let there be man, as he said, let there be light. It said formed. And I don't know why, Kelly, but bear with me, right? I get this picture, right? I just see God kneeling down 
and taking the dust of the ground in his hands and literally forming us. This visual just does something to me. I think it's beautiful. And, you know, whenever I begin to like doubt myself or feel incredibly insecure about something, I think about God just kneeling there and forming me. And I don't know if you've ever looked at it that way, but when you think of God taking his time, what comes to mind for you? Oh, absolutely. And I think what that image is conjuring up for you is just the care and the compassion. It's like you're thinking of an artist just laboring over this thing that he's making and he's putting all his inspiration, all his creativity to make something beautiful. Like I know it's a cliche, but um you know there's this phrase like God doesn't make junk, right? So after, you know, piggybacking off of this Genesis story, everything that God made, he says, and it was good. Mm. And it was good. And it was very good. Right. So this idea that he's taking his time to form and to make you look like what you look like is showing you that he's intentional. Even if you don't like it, there's something he likes. <laughs> he he <laughs> intended to make you look this way. He wanted your nose that big. I don't know why, but he did. <laughs> The point is, there's a beauty that he sees that for whatever reason throughout history, you know, and we can we can get into like Europe and and the whole how whiteness affects how we perceive beauty. We can get into all those historical things. But the point is that there's something that God sees as beautiful in what he made in you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. You know, you're talking about God taking his time, what comes to mind. A couple of things come to mind. I think about Psalms when he says that um, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that like he put us together in the womb, right? Like he he knit us together. Again, this idea of an artist. So right. you have like forming like clay, but then also knitting. So there's just this intentionality, this creativity that God puts forth when he makes each and every one of us as individuals. You know, it, I think it's the work of our lives to come to love ourselves as he loves us. That's part of the commandment as well, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. So the commandment to love yourself is there in the Bible as well. God actually wants us to love ourselves. And I just wanted to share, I know this is not from the book of Job, but I wanted to share this. This just came to mind. This idea, um, it's in Proverbs 31, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. That's, <laughs> I mean, that says so much. We pursue and we chase and we put so much value on our physical appearance. But the Bible is saying, yeah, you know, beauty exists, but it's fleeting. It's not something that's lasting and it's not something that's worth a whole lot. But in mm -hmm. the second part of that verse, it says, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So it's like, put the value on the things that are more, more important, you know, on actually building that relationship with God, forming and developing that internal character, having peace. We talked about like, you know, how are you mentally, not just physically. So I hope that as people are listening to this podcast, that yeah, you know, we all deal with insecurities, we all deal with stuff like that. But Hopefully we can start to shift where we're placing a lot of our value and our perspective and we can come to see that God took his time with us, that we should value what we look like, we should love what we look like, but ultimately, you know, that stuff is fading away and is fleeting anyway, and what matters is is our connection and our relationship with God. Yeah, definitely.
I hope that us sharing here on her book of Job, that you guys feel that you're not alone. We all have insecurities and we all go through this. And I hope, you know, that this is just a reminder for you that God took his time on you. He really did. And like Kelly said, he knit. And like Genesis 2, 7 says, he formed, he sculpted you. Hopefully that is something that you can hold on to the next time you feel a little bit insecure about something. We want to continue this conversation with you guys. So comment down in the the comment section uh, on YouTube and we will engage with you guys over there. And um, yeah, just share with us your tips for feeling great or how you've dealt with insecurities or some of the stories that you have dealing with insecurity and how you feel now and what you've done on your journey to overcoming. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Until next time. Peace.